You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Greetings, all. I'm so excited to be here today to share with my soul sisters and anyone else that's willing to listen some thoughts with you today. My name is Kathy Verzi. I am part of our singles ministry in the mighty Metro LA region of the LA Church of Christ. And because I'm single, I thought of a perfect lesson today that I want to share. And that is called The Secret of Being Content. And my secret pseudo name, Life to the Full. <laughs> so it's either or. Um, so our opening scripture is going to be Philippians 4. We're going to go through several scriptures if you want to grab a notebook. Um, you want to grab some coffee or tea. And uh, we're going to start with a prayer and then we'll go ahead and read. God, thank you so much for today. I'm just very, very grateful to be um, able to commune with you and with your other sons and daughters and, and your creation. I love you so much. I thank you for providing your word. I thank you for providing us with so many examples and so many answers in the Bible. I just really pray that you speak through me today, that your spirit really guides me, and that you touch the hearts of those who are listening and give everyone who's hearing whatever they need from this, these thoughts that you've helped me put together today. Jesus, in your name I pray. Amen. So, we're going to start with Philippians 4 in verse 11b. And Paul says, it's a verse we know well. Paul says, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. So this is a great scripture because oftentimes it's easy to not be content. And that's something that I've struggled with in my life as a Christian and, and not as a Christian. Um, so it's a great scripture and it even gives the answer to the secret in that scripture, right? I can do everything through him who gives me strength. However, to be honest... That's uh, not the most practical answer, right? It's almost like saying, uh, I learned the secret of losing 50 pounds and keeping it off. Uh, the answer is staying healthy and living well. You know, it's, it's, it's hard. What does that really mean? Um, and so the first thing before we go over the points of practicals, I'm going to share with you the things that I have learned. Just like Paul, who was also single, he learned the secret and uh, it's important to think about the fact that it's something that is learned. It's not something that comes naturally for most of us. Um, even Jesus had to learn obedience from what he suffered. And if you've been a Christian for a while, then you, you know, me like you, have suffered. And hopefully through that we've learned some things. So my first Nugget, my first practical of doing all things through him who gives me strength is 
go in the strength you have. That's the first one. Go in the strength you have. And we're actually going to look at Gideon in Judges 6, verse 11 through 14. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah that belonged to Joash the Eberzite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in the winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. But Sir Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us in the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? And you can go read the story if you don't know it on your own later. But I really want to focus on this because Gideon, when the angel appeared to him, he's like complaining. He's mad at God. He's like, if God's with us, what's going on? Why aren't I seeing any miracles in my life? And Gideon was not in a good place at this time. And the angel here gives him some of the best advice that I have ever seen in the Bible. And that's to go in the strength that you have. There's a scripture that used to make me kind of question and struggle. And it's Matthew 13, verse 12, when Jesus says... For the one who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And it's like, well, how do I have if I don't have anything? How do I get something if, I, if I'm starting with nothing? And I think these scriptures are very tied together. Because what I have learned, and the first point of being content, and living life to the full is going in the strength that I have. So there are times where I have very little, whether it's little faith, little money, little time, um, little friends, whatever is going on with me, when it's only a little, I have learned to go in the strength that I have. So if I have this much faith, and it takes everything out of me just to come to church, then I am going in the strength that I have, and God will make it more. He'll increase it. If I take my situation and make the most of it. And that kind of goes hand in hand with being single. I've been, I became a Christian when I was 19. I never thought I would be single 30 years later, um, and I went through all kinds of suffering, uh, learning lessons of being content. And I can honestly, in my heart of hearts, say that I am truly content in my life. Do I want to get married? Yeah. But if I never get married, I still feel like I've had the best life ever. And it's because I've learned to take whatever situation I'm in and make the most of it. So one day, if I am married or when I am married, I'm not going to be able to go travel wherever I want on a whim. I'm not going to be able to make my own schedule and not think about someone else. I'm going to have, there's things that are going to change. There's thing, I'm not going to have as much money probably, you know, because I'm going to have to share stuff. Uh, and I realized one, at one time in my life that 
if I make the most of wherever I'm at right now, then I'm going to have a great life. I'm going to enjoy things because I'm not always going to have it. Same thing for people who don't have kids. When you have kids, then don't we long for the time that we didn't have kids and we were able to just, you know, you were able to travel on vacation or have your movie nights without interruption. Um, so whatever situation I'm in, whatever situation you're in, you got to go in the strength that you have. It's very, very big key to being content. And honestly, I feel like at this point, I've had such a better life than most people. Um, getting married is easy. Millions of people get married. But because I've been single for all this time, God is my best friend. And very few people can say that. Also, I've been able to travel around the world. I've been able to um, just accomplish all kinds of things that I never would have done. And I've had such a full life, and I still have a full life, because I've learned to go in the strength I have and make the most with what I have, and then God gives me more. So the second thing I want to look at, the second nugget, is don't give up. And I know that seems like an easy one, but it's always the easy things that are sometimes the hardest to do. And what the person I want to look at for this point in the Bible is Naomi. Um, So that's right past Judges in Ruth, chapter 1. And I'm going to go ahead and read verse 19 through 22. And it says, So the two women went on till they came to Bethlehem. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women exclaimed, Can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she told them. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth, the Moabitess her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. So if you don't know the story, Naomi um, went with her husband and two sons to a foreign land because there was a famine, and her two sons got married. Her husband died, her two sons died, Um, which is pretty devastating, especially back then when women didn't have, they weren't the income, the people who usually made the income, at that time. So when Naomi went back to her people, back to her hometown, back to church, she was bitter. She was frustrated. I mean, look at what she says. She says, the Lord has brought me, um, has made my life bitter. She says, God made my life bitter. She was mad at God. She also said, I went away full and I came back empty. She lost so much. And she was struggling, and she was bitter, and she was frustrated, and she was not being secret about it. But she didn't give up. She still went with her people. She still went with God's people. And if you go on and read the story, because of it, some amazing things happen. And actually, Jesus came from the line of Ruth, um, and so did King David, and Naomi became a a very prominent person in the Bible and God really changed her heart and her spirit and gave her life back again because she didn't quit. Another example I think of is uh, Joseph. Joseph 
was thrown into a pit. He got sold as a slave. And he got put in jail. As soon as, every time things started looking up for Joseph, something bad went wrong again. And I went through a time in my life like that. I felt like any time I was getting ahead, you know, another tragedy would hit. And um, something would happen. I'd lose a job or lose a loved one or, you know, have a conflict or something like that. But Joseph got put in jail unjustly after that, and people forgot about him. So I'm sure he had times where he was feeling frustrated where he might have even given up for a minute, but he never stayed in that state. He continued to get back up. He continued to keep believing, and he kept on trying any opportunity that he had. And God didn't forget about him, and he ended up saving the world, pretty much, Egypt and and all the Israelites. Um, I also think of Job's wife. Job's wife said, curse God and die, and she was mad, and she left. And we think Joe's wife is such an evil person, but she lost all her kids too. She lost her, all her cattle and her homes too. And her husband got sick and broke out in boils and was sitting on an ash heap. <laughs> so <laughs> she was mad at God and she did leave for a little while, but obviously she came back because after, at the end of Job, it said that Job had more kids and became even more rich. And so, not only did God bless Job, if Naomi had stayed, I mean, if Job's wife had stayed gone, she would have never been able to experience the blessings, the incredible blessings. Um, and even David, David was all over the place. Um, and David actually kind of falls into my next point, my third and last nugget I'm going to leave with you today. And we're going to camp out on this a little bit, um, which is stay in the light. And continue to do what's right. I got a little rhyme in there for those of you who like rhymes. No acronym. G-D-S doesn't spell anything. So, <laughs> um, But stay in the light and continue to do what's right. That is the third really big lesson I've learned about doing everything through him who gives me strength. And about being content and really living life to the full. So... Biggest person I thought of for this point was Jeremiah because the whole book of Jeremiah is him complaining and being open about how he feels. Um, and his relation, it's to God, but it's also to people because he wrote it down for everyone to see. He was open about his struggles, his discouragement, um, his fears, but there's so much. It's all over. I mean, even some of the subtitles were titled Jeremiah's complaint, you know, like, like he complained. He was one prophet that was like frustrated. He's called the weeping prophet. If you don't know that, if you didn't know that, but he, he stayed open and he continued to do what was right, even though he was having a hard time doing what was right. I also think of Elijah. That's, uh, which is actually what we're going to read. Um, we're going to read first Kings one, 19 verse one through five. I have it on my phone. Okay. Give you a second to get there. Say amen when you get there. Ha <laughs> I think I heard an amen through YouTube. 
Okay, so in 1 Kings 19, we're going to look at verse 1 through 5. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May God's, may the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. And we think of Elijah as like this amazing prophet, and he got taken up by God. He was one of the he might have been the only person, Enoch maybe, that didn't die. Like he got just swept up in a chariot. I mean, that's pretty amazing. That's a pretty amazing ending. Uh, that's pretty much living life to the full. But Elijah wanted to die, and he was like, I can't do it. I give up. It's too hard. He was so discouraged, and he was open about it. He was honest about it. There are so many scriptures about staying in the light, and I think that I know that if I hadn't learned to stay open and be open, not only about my sin, but about my heart and if my motives were wrong, I would not have made it um, this far as a disciple. I um, did a lot of drugs uh, Growing up, if you've heard my testimony, you've heard that when I got baptized, I had zero character, and I was an emotional wreck. I mean, I did a lot of drugs throughout my teenage years, which is the time when you're really developing and figuring out how to handle life. And so when I got baptized, there was so much to unpack, that layers that I had put on to survive and to look cool or seem, seem like I had it together, and on top of that, I had no character, and I was a big hot mess, and I was misunderstood a lot um, because I seemed real talented and confident, but then I was blowing it a lot. And I had made a decision at one point that I was going to be open, no matter how people received it. Um, I've learned over the years to be wise about who I keep in my life to be open with, but even if those people weren't available, I was always, always open with God and with others. Um, you know, First John says, if we stay in the light as he, in the, he is in the light, we are cleansed, continually cleansed from our sins. And it's really, really important to walk into the light, in the light, because then Jesus can work through you and be with you and help you. Um, so not only staying in the light, but also continuing to do what's right. Even when it's hard, even when you blow it, it's not about how you end. It's about, I mean, it's not about how you start. It's not even really about the middle. It's about really not giving up. And if you go back and look at all of these people, um, Gideon, Naomi, David, Job's wife, Job, uh, Jeremiah, Elijah, You'll see 
if you go back and read their stories or look at what they did or how their lives were, they were pretty amazing. I mean, they really did live life to the full. And were they content in every second of their lives? No, obviously they went through hard times. And like Jesus, they probably learned contentment through what they suffered um, because they were able to see God come through. And I believe that they were able to learn contentment and have a great life because they went in the strength that they had. They did not give up. They stayed in the light and continued to do what's right no matter what. So those are my three nuggets about that scripture. And I do just want to end with reading Ecclesiastes 3 because... My first point about really making the most of whatever situation in life that you're in, sometimes that can feel challenging or be challenging, but there is a season for everything, and we don't know God's timing. We don't know His plan, and we don't know where He's going to lead us. I love that every day is a new day. Anything could happen in a day. Like, you just don't know what's going to land in your lap today. So it could be anything. And in Ecclesiastes 3... We'll close with that. I'm going to read that to you. And if any of you like old songs from the 70s, there's a, it's a great song. Someone made this into a great song. So it says, There is a time for everything, a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain, a time to search, and a time to give up, a time to keep, and a time to throw away, a time to tear, and a time to mend, a time to be silent, and a time to speak, a time to love, and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. I really hope that today and this lesson helps you in your hard times and encourages you in your good times and that you really live the way God intended for you to live, the gift that Jesus wanted to give you, which is living life to the full and really being content. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. You've just listened to the Metro LA podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.